We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. (laughs) Girls, I just got my weekly shipment of Imperfect Produce, and let me tell you. Spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. (laughs) That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. This week's episode is a little bit different um, because I, I'm home in Indiana right now. So as you can see, I'm under this tree where I tried building a treehouse when I was a kid. Um, so you might hear some crickets and the audio is going to be a little bit different, but there's a little video for this week. So just, just a little bit of heads up. Oh, is this being it's recorded? Did I have like brushed my teeth? I didn't even like check. <laughs> All right. It's okay. I'll be, I'll, I'll, now I'm performative. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, it's nice that even though we're far away from each other, that we can still make sure that we could reach across and still get the message out there. So no matter where we are, we'll yeah. still continue to uh, keep uh, doing our yes, Jesus thing. And we hope that no matter where you are, you'll listen. So now right, I'm ready for prayer and praise. Wanna, I'm ready to praise God. Are you ready to praise God? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> In five, four, three, two. Hey, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another awesome episode of Yas Jesus. I am Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Azariah Southworth. And today, I'm in more than ever, we believe that God can be a little petty. God likes a yeah, she likes her cat's fights. She likes her cat fights. <laughs> I'm petty. Pettiness. It's like sometimes you just got to clap back and God knows God is the master of the clap back. <laughs> we know that. We saw Jesus, how he treated the, the, the Pharisees. Did you not know? Um, I always thought that a good drag king name would be uh, Manny Petty. Like, you know, <laughs> Manny, like M-A-N-N-Y, but then Petty, like uh, Petty Bitch, you know? Anybody, you That's can, have that. That. You can been, have that, and you can be my drag That would That would have been Jonah's uh, drag name, for sure. Manny maybe, Petty. Maybe. You definitely would need a pedicure after living in the belly of a fish. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> let's get right into it, Azzy. Let's get into the, uh, the praise report and prayer request. So, Azzy, you want to give us the praise report? Yes, we have a listener who wanted us to give praise for a friend that escaped a country where she was not safe because she is LGBTQ. And so she was able to get an asylum approved and she's in a safe country now. And he's asking that we pray that she finds a job and is able to adjust well in the new country where she has been relocated. So that is the absolute most terrifying thing that I could ever think of. I remember the episode of Canada's Drag Race where um, they did the makeover challenges on the people who from Rainbow Railroad 
and that great organization in Canada that helps people seek asylum from um, LGBTQ persecution in their home home countries. And that's such a hard thing to think about. You know, we think about all the struggles that we have in our daily lives, but um, not only do we want to lift up and praise this incredible thing that she has found a place um, that one of our own has found a place of asylum and a, a place of, of safe and comfortness. And we are so grateful that to God, but we want to send out a prayer immediately to all the people who don't have that privilege right now and who may never get that privilege and how important it is to realize how um, all of the people who fought for us to be able to have the rights that we have today, that we could walk around and not fear that. And um, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I also I have a praise uh, report of, of of my own, Azzy. Like, so okay. Azariah and I have been on Growler Live. So, like, <laughs> it's such an odd thing. Growler is a dating app for uh, you know for for the friendly and furry um, of the gay spectrum, and um, friendly, furry, and curvy. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. Um, and. Uh, they have launched a new live uh, portion where you can tap in and talk to everybody. And so you can find us both out there. What's up, Danny? Religious trade. But we've been finding a great community of people who actually, actually listen to Yes Jesus um, that are there on the app. So I think that was the biggest surprise of all is just the outpouring of love that we have gotten for the podcast on a gay dating app. And it's such a unique thing because the live component of the app, you're not allowed to be lewd or sexual or even be anything alluding to sexuality. So it's created this platform where different bodies are celebrated, where it's all about regular content, everything from karaoke to talking about Christ. And it's just interesting that this is a new platform for a place where beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder. And I think that that's like an amazing thing that's always been great about the bear community. And so I just want to lift that up because that's a positive thing in the right direction, I think, for people who are different bodied and people who are um, you know, don't feel like they fit in the quote unquote media's idea of the ideal norm. Um, so I think that that's awesome. And so Azzy, what's our prayer request? So Bosco is asking that we pray for his friend, friend Dana. Um, he lost his partner, Paul, uh, to COVID-19. And so he's asking for prayers of comfort and healing uh, during this time. So we're going to keep Dana in our prayers. Yeah, Bosco, we're going to lift. Uh, it's very hard to, uh, it's a very hard situation. And we're just going to pray for a lot of strength and clarity for you right now. Um, I think that is always the best thing whenever we are, we're in a time of tragedy or we're in a time of mourning is to pray for strength to get through it. And then also clarity to know that uh, they're in a place with God. And then indeed also know, um, you know, uh, how to try to, uh, how to try to handle your emotions so you can get through life. It's a, it's a struggle morning. Sometimes it never ends. So we lift your friend up and we lift you up, Bosco, and you're a good friend for uh, suggesting that prayer. And we ask everyone to add uh, Bosco and Dana to your prayers. <clears throat> awesome. Well, Asi, that feels good, doesn't it? It does. I've missed you, Azariah. And it's nice to see your shining face over there in Indiana. And we're going to come back with one of my favorite things after this message. And that is the scripture of the day. Listen up, Yas Jesuits. If you follow <laughs> us on Insta, you know that we are obsessed with CBD caring products. Obsessed. They are women-owned 
Vegas company started by a mother who's just trying to help her daughter heal. They started in their kitchen, but now they're here with a full operation in Las Vegas, making these incredible projects that all started from a mother's love. And you know they love the LGBTQIA plus community Mm -hmm. because they won the best float in the Vegas Pride Parade. Yes, they did. (laughs) Their products are of the highest standard. Awesome quality CBD with no THC. No THC. That's important because you're not going to get high, but you're going to get all the benefits. Yeah, their products are made from the highest quality natural ingredients. Never tested on animals, except for their pet products, which are quality controlled and approved with the founders' doggies, Nacho and Cerveza. <laughs> this is not your normal pet product. <laughs> they carry products from pain relief to skincare. I'm a huge fan of their comfort cream for sore muscles and joints. As a matter of fact, my shoulder's kind of hurting from the gym, Azzy. You might get me a little rough. Oh, with yeah, that you get over cream. here. Get over oh, here. That feels so comforting and creamy. And let me tell you, they also have a CBD infused lubricant Ooh. called Knob Polish for, well, other stuff. You want to try that one out? Uh, duh. All right, let's go do that. And while we do that, you should check out their website at cbdcaring.com or follow them at cbdcaring. You won't regret it. Make sure to use the promo code YASJESUS25 for 25% off your first order. And as you know time it is, right? Is it? On this Scripture of the Scripture day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It's audio delayed soul food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just as good as the no matter what. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have the scripture of the day today because Azariah is on a hammock. And <laughs> and the scripture of the day is from Jonah 4-2. Oh, Lord, is not what I said while I was still in my own country? Let me take that back. Sorry. Uh, and the scripture of the day is Jonah 4-2. Oh, Lord, is not this what I said while I was in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and a merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Now, this sounds like he's praising God here, but really what he's doing is complaining. She was a little petty. She was upset at God, like, God, why and Hades, are you asking me to go to Nineveh, this, this in Assyria, where they conquered part of Israel? Like, I don't want to have anything to do with these people, right? I don't want to go do this thing. Um, so Jonah is having a little bit of a bitch fest about having to go okay, relay this message. And try to figure out why, where, how, when, who, what. Jonah's a really popular kids bible story like what we all know about jonah was that he was in the belly belly of the whale like that's what i learned in sunday school constantly right 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 but reality jonah is about a petty cat fight between god and jonah yeah the he wigs was- are coming off honey <laughs> god gave jonah this mandate to go give a message to the people of nineveh that they must repent because their sin had reached heaven, just like in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm -hmm. And Jonah's like, no, not me, God, why? (laughs) I mean, have you ever been there where you, you know that you have to go do something that, you know, you were being called to do, and you're just like, no, I'm not gonna do it. 
Oh yeah, like are you kidding me? Every time I go visit my mom, my mom's like up in the house. My mom will have a broken hip. My sister will have a broken toe. The, my brother in law is taking care of the baby, and they'd be like, "Someone's got to throw out the garbage." And I'll be like, oh, "I know it." The stench of the garbage has reached the living room. You Throwing the garbage out in my mom's away. house is no easy feat. Okay. You have to go down two flights of stairs. Then you have to put it on the hood of the car, which is the weirdest freaking thing. Then you've got to drive it down to the end of the complex to the dumpster. You don't want to put it in the trunk. God forbid it leaks. And then you throw. Then you have to get out of the car where the car is still running. You know, when the, and it's Florida, so it's hot outside, and then that hot air from underneath the tire. Then you grab the garbage and you have to fight like three trash pandas to throw it out. God forbid you recycle. <laughs> Then you get back in and you got to come back up and upstairs. And the first thing you hear, take your shoes off, antibacterial. It's like, every, you know, I can't feel it. So I know how Jonah. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. You know, and, and this could even be applied, you know, where you know that. Uh, you're supposed to be somewhere else doing something. Like I know that there's been times in my life where I felt called to be somewhere else doing something, but I avoided that. And I had to go through my own, you know, belly of the whale uh, before I got to the place where I needed to be. Well, that's so. Well, Jonah's a prophet. That's part of his story. Right. And, but the book's really different than all the other books of the prophets, because most of them are like these long speeches with like oracles where the prophet is like speaking to the nation of Israel on behalf of God. And Jonah's actually a story. And it's more about the action than what was said. Uh, Jonah doesn't give long oracles. In fact, he doesn't want anything to do with it. It's a pretty abrupt book. We don't know much about Jonah. It starts, we know his like little trial. And then, you know, after it gets to the petty part, it's gone. It's like over. So really we're, we're not really, Jonah's not really what it's about. It's about the lesson. It's about like the behavior here. Mm Hmm. The behavior of avoiding the call that has been put on your life. The call that God has told you to go and do something. And you're avoiding it, girl. Why are you running? Why are you trying to get to Spain, Jonah? Why are you getting on that boat? So when all of this starts, actually, the action happens really quickly. It says here, like, um, and we have our freaking Deacon Ross's notes who helps us through all of this. Um, We don't really know much about Jonah, but uh, the first line of the book of Jonah says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, go at once to Nevaeh. Look, Azariah, you got to come home to read these words. Nineveh. Nineveh. Okay, thank you. Nineveh. <laughs> that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, Jonah didn't do that. Okay, Nineveh was a major city in, a, a major city in Assyria that had conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. So there's probably some personal and political issues here, I'm assuming. Uh, God is sending Joseph to the conquering nation, the captive, and Jonah doesn't want to go. He don't want to go. He doesn't want to go. So what does he do? He gets, he gets on, on a boat. ship. Okay. Now this is a modern day Spain. Spain, right? Yeah. That's about as far away from uh, Nivea that you can get. Mm-hmm. Okay. So God yeah. sends a great storm and the tiny ship was tossed. All the people inside the ship were lost, right? So it's basically like, we're talking about the minnow here, right? This is like a Gilligan's Island moment. They're being thrown around. Speaking of Gilligan's Island, how many outfits, how many outfits did the movie star bring with her, really, for like a three-hour tour? 
Even the millionaires. Forget it. Forget it. Azariah was watching <laughs> TV. He doesn't even know what the Veggie Tales. Fire by yeah. night. You're like, oh, Veggie Tales. I'm back in. I'm back in. Okay, no. <laughs> anyway, the ship's like tossed around, like, and the whole crew's worried that it's going to break apart. Um, they're all praying to their various gods. So all these people are all praying to their prayers gods that something that something should happen. Yeah, so they're begging for God. This storm is rocking their boat. They're afraid they're going to sink. Jonah's below deck taking a nap. They're throwing cargo over the boat. Cargo over the boat. It was it was serious. It was real. And Jonah was just like other lifeboats sorted by class. I get that reference, okay? (laughs) But Jonah, you know, he was already running away from the call that God put on him. And now he knows that God is sending the storm because he's on the boat running from the call. And he's like, you know what? I know exactly what's happening, but I'm just going to go below deck and take a nap. I'm just going to chill out for a moment. so petty. He's like, God, you want to run? You're not going to kill me because I'm on a mission. So I'm going to let everybody else freak out and I'm going to take a nap. Bye, everyone. Peace. Good luck, everyone. I can't even sleep on a waterbed. Imagine trying to sleep down there during that storm. Right. And I just wonder if one, was he really asleep? Like, come on. Or was he just trying to be a petty, he's just trying to be a petty Bathsheba? Definitely. He was definitely being a petty Bathsheba, like a (laughs) hundred percent. But also like. So wait, so hold on a second here. Okay. So Jonah one five six. Jonah meanwhile has gone down to the hold of the ship and has lain lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, "What are you doing asleep? Get up! Call on your God. Perhaps your God will spare us a thought so that we will not perish." Now, um, we've gone through all of this and we're only six verses in. This is a note from Ross. Yeah, six verses into the first chapter. All this, this is like an American horror story episode. You know what I mean? Like, how much could they fit? I can understand because like looking, we felt like we had no time and there was like, my show looking, there was like 27 minutes and in like 15 minutes in American horror story, people died, came back to life, turned into a werewolf, ate somebody and then they're off the show. Yeah. You can come in laughing, Azariah. It's off, but you can just throw a laugh in there for me because I, I am funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Now, the sailors are trying to figure out what's happening. This has to be divine intervention. But whose God is it? This is a farce. So they do something called casting lots. It's kind of like dice to figure out whose God is the guilty party. And the lot falls yeah. on Jonah. So they knew that all of this was happening because of Jonah. So Jonah 1, 8 through 10 says, and they said to him, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Are you, you know, they didn't say this, but are you a witch? You know, it's just like, like <laughs> what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And I am Hebrew, he applied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men were even more afraid. And they said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. So now the sailors, they, they ask what they can do to stop the storm. And Jonah says what? 
he says, throw me overboard, girls. Me like, over- I can't do this. <laughs> He's throw like, me Call overboard. me Goldie Hawn. Get me overboard. But but I want I want to go back on the casting lots part because this is something that is part of the the ritual of the of the priests of this time and is still practiced in the church today. So the casting lots was like their way of proving that God has spoken. Like this is God's will and what God has ordained to happen. And so what you do is, and I'm giving you just a really brief overview of what casting the lots is, is you come in. I know, I know, Eddie. My my Uncle Giuseppe played craps in the basement. (laughs) It's very much like that, right? Like you, you know, you stand, you choose where you're going to stand. You choose what number you're going to have. It's very much like craps. And and then, you know, they go through and eventually I, there's a number that's chosen and then you go through so many times and then it goes back to the number and then the number and then the number. But the point is that there's so many um, variables of who uh, it could, the, the duties could fall on because they would use the cast of lots to determine who would uh, be assigned the priestly duties for that time. And... And so there were so many variables in it that if it fell upon you, then it was determined as this is the call of God. This is the will of God, you know, because it all determined on. You're saying that uh, like the the priestly duties are divided by how you have to roll the dice. So potentially if the dice were rolled bad in the toilet. (laughs) That or go behind the the veil with the bell tied around your leg. And if you die in there and they pull you out that's a whole nother thing i don't but. know what it is but there's some joke in here with duties and craps but i'm gonna leave it alone <laughs> <laughs> so so jonah says okay the the lots have been cast you know i you know that the reason why this storm is happening is because of me and because my god is mad at me so just throw me overboard it's fine He'd like literally rather drown than do his job. Yeah. So like the sailors, they think that this is pretty extreme, but Jonah insists. So what do they do? So they throw him overboard, but first they plead to God. There's a verse in there. It worked. It the worked. storm calms. And the storm stops immediately. <laughs> God yeah. is I don't care what anybody says. God is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, he's trolling Jonah so hard right now. It reminds me. It reminds me of like a Sam Raimi movie. It's like no matter what he does, it just things keep happening. It's so funny. Roll the dice. It's your number, buddy. Who is it? Go get him. Throw him over. The rain stops. They're like, it is you, you bastard. So Jonah one fourteen to sixteen, and we're still in the first chapter ross's note is like screaming which is killing me okay then they cried out to the lord please oh lord we pray do not let us perish on account of this man's life do not make us guilty of innocent blood for you oh lord have done it as it pleased you so they picked jonah up and they threw him into the sea and then the sea ceased from its raging that's kind of like when you throw an ice cube in the macaroni pot then (laughs) then they feared the Lord even more and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. So this is what's strange. Jonah just covered a bunch, just converted a bunch of sailors. Uh, let me do that again. 
So this is what's strange. Jonah just converted a bunch of sailors, but he did it in the worst possible way. Uh, Ross says that this is what uh, he'd call bad evangelism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the fear of God. This is where the big fish comes. This is where the whale of a tail comes in. Okay. This is where the big fish comes. Now, a lot of people say whale, but as we're finding out here on Yash Jesus, that a lot of people are wrong. (laughs) Uh, Actually, a lot of people say whale, but the Bible just says the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. It says big fish, no whale. What do you think about that? Listen, I find this part of the story suspicious, okay? It's a little sus. How can you survive in the belly of a fish, a whale, whatever it may be, for three days and three nights? Where's the oxygen? Now, hold on a second. Sure, you might be able to go without food. Hold on a second. God God can make a lot of things happen, like infants upstairs. Like the human condition is like beyond like people can survive the desert with their missing arm or, or out in the, out to sea or whatever. I think a person could probably survive inside a fish for three days. I would imagine, but it was probably torturous and like near impossible. And God was just away. That's what I think. Can you imagine? He's already a petty Belsazar or whatever. <laughs> Bel- <Bethsheba. laughs> he's, he's already a petty one, right? And then he's like, drag me overboard. So he's dramatic too, right? And then God has him swallowed up by this fish. And can you imagine the stomach acid, the smell, just like even the, the uh, contracting of the stomach? What if he like you don't almost think went I've down into the been guts? To the Fulton fish market? It's disgusting. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? Oh, my God. I would be livid, livid with God. But Jonah survives. That's the movie I want to see starring, like, Roberto Benigni. Like, I really want to see, like, a really great physical comedian have to live in a fish for three days on camera. That would be funny. That's the Bible movie I want. There you go. There you go. So Jonah's completely oblivious. He doesn't say, oh, I'm so sorry for doing the opposite of what you told me. Or, you know, uh, he prays at this uh, prayer of thanks that God saved his life with the big fish, totally ignoring all the harm that he's caused to others. Um, Apparently, the note says this is where it gets uh, dull and long. So we're skipping it. Thank you, Ross, for sparing us all. Um, Because if anything is dull in the story, we don't need it. This is an interesting ass story. So, um, all right, yes, Jesuits. If you know a marine biologist or a fish expert or whoever, we want to hear from you on Reddit if you if you can really live in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. We want to hear this. So, post it on Reddit and let's start this discussion. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we want to find out. And when you get the answer from Reddit, please let us know, and we will send you a Yash Jesus lip balm if you get us the answer to that question. Um, So, after his prayer um, at Jonah 2.10, he says, The Lord then spoke to the fish, and it spewed out Jonah on dry land. Spewed, okay, is like the important word here. Like, 
the fish didn't drop him off. It wasn't like a fish Uber ride. <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah, he wasn't I'm like sorry, the incredible Mr. Limpid just dropping you off. <laughs> like that's not what happened. It vomited him up as if it didn't smell bad enough. As you were talking about, imagine getting hurled with a bunch of puke on a sandy beach somewhere. God is. He's 100% consistent, God. Jonah's there covered in fish puke. And then Jonah says, Jonah 3, 1 to 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, get up, go to, go to Nivea, that great city, and proclaim it. The message that I tell you. Now, the fish must have spewed him up close to, where is it, Nevaeh? Nineveh. Why can't I say it, you guys? Like, Nevaeh is heaven backwards, and it was my friend's daughter's name. So it'll never leave me. Okay? Love that. But, um, Nevaeh? Okay. Nineveh. <laughs> I'm never going to get Nineveh. I'm going to keep being that annoying voice. The fish must have spewed him up close to said city because this time (laughs) or maybe they cut as Ross says, maybe they cut out a travel montage, but unlike other prophets, they're like, I found out. No, Um, but unlike other prophets that have long oracles, Jonah just walks through the city yelling, 40 days more! And what street? What name? What city? Uh, Nineveh. <laughs> Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown, and that's it. No other message. He sounds like a preacher you would ignore. He sounds like the guy over in Echo Park with the megaphone. That's like that's like. Yes. Oh my Christo God. Para He's annoying. Para like over and over on the megaphone. <laughs> yeah, but oh my God, yeah, that's so true. I love how succinct. Uh, Jonah is though, and I wish the guy in Echo Park would be much more succinct than like Jonah. <laughs> Just like, okay, say your message and go, girl. Like we're gonna get it or we're not. And it's but the, the people of Nineveh got it. They believe it. That's they got. They're the like, oh, you didn't have to tell us twice. You didn't have to tell so us twice. Jonah three five to nine, and the people I can never say it. I can't. I hate myself. Nineveh. <laughs> Nineveh. You got it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, great. Back right. Of, Take it back. Rewind it back. Jonah 359. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast. And everyone, great and small, put on a sackcloth. Why a sackcloth? Were they having like a potato sack race? Because it's it's like it's it's like the way of humbling yourself and, oh, and okay. just prostrating yourself and yeah. I get it. Everybody dresses like Annie, and then we all go outside. And when the news <laughs> When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his stone, removed his robe, and he himself put an Annie costume, a sackcloth on, and sat in the ashes. Oh, Cinderella moment. He sat in ashes, and he proclaimed, he had a proclamation made in Nebia. By this degree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth and they shall cry mightily to God and all shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is their hands. Who knows? God may relent and may change his mind. He may turn his fierce anger so that we do not perish. Can you imagine living in this time? Like literally you're just waking up, you're milking the cow 
and you're getting ready to like cook breakfast. And what the hell are we talking like, about? It's just like, you are not allowed to eat. You must cry to the law. Like, oh, sh- that's what we're on today? That's what it is. Every day is something new. Every ruler of the kingdom must stand on the right foot only. Right foot only. <laughs> and then some guy who like was drunk like Noah passed out in the barn, missed a couple of days, walks out, and you get a javelin right now, to the head. <laughs> Positively barbaric. Not even a charcuterie plate. Okay, so so it works. <laughs> It works again. <laughs> it works. It works. So repent- Just like 409. The redemption repentance works. And Jonah uh, 3 to 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, he just changed his mind about the calamity. And he said he would bring upon to them, and he did not do it. So now Jonah's pissed. He didn't want to be here in the first place. Hell and no, now all these sinners get to be forgiven? What the heck did I do? He actually gets mad at God. Yeah. He says he thought God was going to give him a fireworks show. Yeah. And all he did was megaphone it. And he thought God was going to give him and and reluctantly forever until he finally gives the message. And then what happens? You know what he says to God? Didn't I tell you this was going to (laughs) happen? Of course you break your mind. (laughs) You never listen to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Jonah 4 1 to 5 but this was very displeasing to Jonah and he became very angry and he prayed to the Lord and he said oh Lord is this not what I said when I was still in my own country that is why I fled to church Tarshish at the beginning for I knew that you are a gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing and now Oh, Lord, please take my life from me. <laughs> because it's better for me to die than to live. Oh, my God, how dramatic. Honey. And what does the Lord say? Drama. What does the Lord say? So calm, cool as the cucumber that the man invented. <laughs> he says, and is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah <laughs> went out to the city and sat down east of the city, and he made a booth there himself. He sat under the shade waiting to see what was going to become of the city. So he goes up on a hill. So he could watch the whole city get destroyed the way that God said it was going to get destroyed. Oh, you wanted me to come to Nineveh? You wanted me to come to Nineveh. I'm here, God. Okay, you do your part. I'm going to sit over here. He's pouting like a little brat on the hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, now I'm going to watch. Now, now ruin it. I'm going to watch you ruin the city. You know, the stubbornness of this reminds me of a time I, you know, I wanted to, there was a thing where you could get like, uh, I don't even remember what it was called, to be honest with you, but it was like a silver award, a silver night award is what it was called. And on your graduation, you'd get to have this silver rope over here and it made you like more eligible for scholarships, but you had to do a hundred hours of community service and write an essay and all these other things. And I was missing a night class because I had failed a class previously the year before and I had to take a night class to make up for it, to actually get all my credits to be a senior. But I was sleeping on this night class because I was going to take pottery the last semester and it wasn't a big deal. But I did the 100 hours of community service and I wrote the essay and I was the most qualified person to get this award and this grant and all this other stuff. But because I didn't take that one credit, they took it away from me and they gave it to someone who I think really didn't deserve it. 
and I had busted my butt for the whole time writing the essay. A hundred hours of like free babysitting. Like what? But I was yeah. so bad. But really, it was me. And this is an instance where like Jonah's mad at God, but it's really him too. Like his attitude is definitely influencing the hard time that God is giving him. Had he had answered God's request in the beginning and had gone um, to Nineveh and had gone there and had asked and had done what he what God had said, perhaps this story would be much more pleasant. Maybe this would be a story about Jonah getting rewarded. But instead, Jonah's acting like a spoiled brat. He's looking at a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, he actually has a, a relationship close enough with God that God's speaking directly to him. And as a believer, and, and still, he, just, he decides to ignore it. The balls on this guy. <laughs> the balls. <laughs> yeah, so... Anyway, he goes up on this little hill. He's being a little bit Sheba up there. And he's like sitting underneath, like he's just he's sitting up there. And God makes a little tree grow. Maybe God's like, it's kind of that thing where your mom goes, go to bed without supper. And then she like brings you a peanut butter and a double litter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so God makes a little tree grow behind him, kind of throwing him a little peanut butter and jelly bone. And then once he got comfortable in the shade, God sent a worm to kill the tree. <laughs> and Jonah Petty, we're back to Petty. We got to Petty. And this is so interesting to me because like I'm just picturing this worm minding his own business and he gets the call from God. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever thinks about the worm in this story. You know, maybe it's a, you know the labyrinth worm. He's like, Won't you come in and meet the Mises? And God's like, No, I have a job for you. Come over here and eat this tree. And the worm's like, trees are delicious after all, Lord. <laughs> the worm eats the tree. So this is, <laughs> this, is, this is like Jonah's only source of shade. And maybe God's throwing him a little shade by taking away the shade. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like mom, mom's like, you're grounded. Go to bed without supper. And she comes up and brings you a peanut butter jelly. But she still takes away the keys. And she's like, no, you walk into school. You don't talk. You don't talk to me like that. You're, You're still, still in trouble. Cool. You're still yeah. in trouble. I'm not gonna let you go to bed without dinner, but whatever. So he shades him, but then he takes the shade away, and Jonah starts whining and says that he should die because he doesn't have his shade tree. Jonah four six eight. Hey 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 hey. Have you ever been sitting out in the desert though without shade though? I feel Jonah on that one. Yes. About feeling needing to never, die. Yes, honey, but I've never done it without a clack fan. <laughs> One doesn't right. travel Read the scripture. in the Read desert the scripture. without a clack fan. Smart. Okay, so Jonah 468. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Little peanut butter jelly. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm so it attacked the bush and that it withered. Then the sun rose and God prepared a sultry east wind. He prepared it. He prepared it. It was a little recipe. He was like, and he makes this little hot ass wind. So he prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah. So now he put a sauna on Jonah while he's in the sun, baking him. Jonah's still sitting on the hill trying to watch for God's destruction of Nineveh. 
So the sun beats down on the head of Jonah and that he was faint and he asked that he might die. He said, isn't it better for me to die than to live? Like, that's such a, I didn't ask to be born. You're horrible, mom. <laughs> Slamming the door. <laughs> So like God he gives, couldn't just come down from the hill himself. This is where the real shade happens, shade. This is where the real shade happens. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So Jonah four nine to eleven. God said to Jonah, "Is it right for you to be angry about the bush?" And he said, "Yes, angry enough to die." And the Lord said, "You're concerned about the bush for which you did not labor, for which you did not grow." It came into being at night and it perished in a night. And I should and I should not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, and where there are more than a hundred and twenty thousand persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. <laughs> I love that he's like, and also many animals. Like let's not let's not let me Right, right. Let me just shut this down right here, right now, Jonah. Listen, you think you're the only one that matters here. You're not. Do you know what happens when someone drops the mic? There's no more sound. Nobody could talk on it. If you're in a rap battle and someone drops the mic, there's no mic. We got to wait for a minute. Well, this is where the book ends. <laughs> like, this is where our story ends. Like, the mic has been dropped. God is just like, beat a bop, bada boop, beep, bada boop, boop, boop. Drop the mic. No more story about Jonah. That's it. What happens next? We have no idea. Now, we have been given a few observations. We have a few observations of our own here. Um, now, something that we should think about is that this is, like you said earlier, Azzy, the opposite of Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe, like, we expect it to turn out like Sodom because Nineveh was a city from the people who conquered Israel. They are the enemy. Maybe Jonah doesn't want to give them an opportunity to redeem themselves. Jonah wants to see them destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if, what if it was, like, He's being called to a country that has brought war and taken part of his home country. Right. Right. And he's being told to go to this, to this country and to deliver this message that God will destroy you if you do not repent, basically. Like what a heavy calling and like, kind of a hard time, but that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. I feel for Jonah. But we also should consider another observation that Jonah seems to be concerned with himself and his own well-being the whole time. Ship about to go down, I'm going to take a nap. Swallowed by a fish, thanks God for not letting me drown. The city didn't get destroyed, you might as well kill me now. So maybe it's just that Jonah is a drama queen. Maybe. And maybe that's why I relate to him. Who knows? <laughs> maybe this is, you know, maybe this is a story where God turned water into whining. I mean, I don't know a you like that thing, thing about You're drama. You're just not even going to acknowledge my dad joke? I, d- I, I don't know a thing about drama. What was your dad joke? God turned I water into it. whining? <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this abuse. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine, honey. Why don't you just... Um, I need you to go to Anaheim. Maybe I should I just you, die. Orange County. I need you Maybe to go to I should County just die. Tell them. <laughs> Maybe I tell should them just die. That, um, okay? Here, here. You started this let out let thinking I was funny. Tears. Now let you don't think I was funny. Of course you changed your mind. <laughs> anyway, um... That's wild. That's a story of Jonah. It wasn't a whale. It was a whale, but it wasn't a whale. You know? Um, 
we actually uh, here at uh, Yash Jesus have a love offering um, every week. A uh, little tithing moment, little love offering moment that we're going to ask you to give. Um, instead of your funds, we'd like you to send a text to somebody, um, an undangerous person uh, in your life, uh, maybe an ex, maybe a friend, uh, maybe someone who you haven't talked to in a while, and um, say, God loves you, even if I think you're still an asshole. <laughs> send the message, the right send the message. To. You'll know the right person to send that text to, someone that probably owes you some apology that you're going to give some mercy to. Um, well, we thank you for joining Lord, us. I feel like I'm uh, now our heads in prayer. Azariah, would you like to lead us in prayer? Sure. God, thank you for the examples that you give us in the Bible um, uh, that help us navigate our way through our lives and allow us to see ourselves um, in the Bible. Um, I, you know, I hope that you will, when you put the call on our life, when you, when you tell us to go do something that, um, that you'll help guide us, you know, there's people listening to this that feel a call on their life and feel that and know that they are supposed to be going somewhere and they're going in the opposite direction. So God help give them the wisdom and guidance that they need to make the right decisions to get where you want them to be. And we'd like to ask you, Lord, that you please uh, lift up Bosco and Dana. Um, we'd like to pray for them. Um, we're so grateful, uh, Lord, for all the people that you have brought to asylum who are in danger. All of our LGBTQIA plus uh, familia. We are so grateful um, for the ones that you've been able to help. And we want to pray for the ones that can make that change. We want to pray that people will donate to those organizations. We want to pray that people will volunteer their time and open up their hearts to them. We want to pray that uh, that all of the people who are involved in organizations like Rainbow Railroad and others um, are blessed and protected and, and just know that your presence is there and you give them the courage and strength to continue with this great mission. We're so grateful for you, Lord. Um, and I would like to also uh, ask for forgiveness upon all of us for the times that we all acted like Jonah and are maybe a little ungrateful for your glory. Um, and we're just so grateful for you today and for bringing us all together here on Yash Jesus once again. Thank you in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Fabulous. You guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us at, at Yas Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S-P-O-D. That's Yash Jesus Pod. Or you can email us at pray at yashjesuspod.com. Um, as always, I'm Daniel Francesi, and I'm, well, I'm not here. He's in Indiana, but this is... Azariah Southworth. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, see you next time on... Yes! Jesus! Yes. Thank you. Yes.